Hello, everyone. Welcome to Uplift My Life Today, the podcast. Stories connect us, inspire us, and give us hope. Everyone has a story. We believe that stories of real people who have suffered adversities, breakups, and breakdowns, and rebuilt their lives are powerful reminders of what the human spirit is capable of. Whether you're just starting or in the midst of your own journey to rebuild your life, or supporting someone going through their challenges, stories show us what's possible. This is The Honest Hour. My name is Astuti Marto Sudirjo. And I'm Julie Growell. Together, we are holding the space for brave life warriors to share their journeys, their reflections and learnings. They show us that no matter where you are in life, however dark that place is, there is the option to rise up, that it's doable and worthwhile if we choose to. They show us another way. Living your life with more ease is possible. Our guest today is Annie, an Irish-American artist living in Switzerland. She has three children and is grandmother of six. Annie married young and was in a dysfunctional marriage for 20 years before she stopped the madness and moved on. Nowadays, Annie is single and content and has a full life creating and teaching art, volunteering, meditating, and being with family and friends. Welcome Annie, lovely to be with you today. Thank you, thank you for having me. So Annie, can you tell us what was, uh, what was your this dysfunctional marriage that you were in? First off, I came from a very Irish Catholic background, a large family, 14 children, and uh, alcoholic parents. So what does a person from such a background do with their lives? They join a cult. And I did just that. I joined the Scientology cult. What a life experience. And uh, within that cult, that's where I met the man who I thought would save my life. But uh, actually he did. He was one of the best teachers I've ever had about what's good and what's not so pro-survival in life. So that's basically the stage setting. And how was it? Basically, when I met this fellow, he was uh, a higher up in the cult, and I was a new person, a teenage recruit, as they call them. And uh, he seemed to have all the answers, Mm -hmm. uh, which made me admire him so much. He was so certain about how life should be lived and things should be done, and a very uh, charismatic person, Mm -hmm. which is a very good thing to be uh, to lead people in any direction. So he was married to someone else. And at one point, uh, they separated. And he needed, a, he wanted to have a hot date. So he chose that one over the there. The beautiful one. Yeah. Oh, uh. <laughs> he chose me and I thought he was 
shining his light on me, mm-hmm. you know, like, wow, she's just so special. But actually, he just wanted to get laid, to put it in his own words. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so already there, there was a little bit of uh, blinders mm-hmm. over my eyes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the abuse started showing itself quite early, but because I was a kid, mm-hmm. so to speak, I I didn't realize it. I right. didn't see it happening. I got pregnant while we were dating, which put me into great shame with my family. Mm-hmm. So my family oh, yeah. Yeah. stepped back. My mother said, you made your bed, now you mm-hmm. sleep in it, and washed her hands of me, and okay. I went back into the cult. I was all ready to leave the cult, but my mom said, no way, you're right. not, you're not going to shame this family. So back in I went, and... Um, he knew that I was not having any kind of support. Mm-hmm. And that made it all the easier to manipulate me. And in the cult, in my experience, um, other people may have had a great experience with the cult. In, I'm only speaking my own life experiences. So uh, within that cult, I was given a list of uh, rules for a good wife to follow. Ah, okay. So and there is a such... Yes, such a standard. standard. Mm-hmm. And one of the rules was always always apologize first. Ah. So no matter what the argument, no matter what the situation, always apologize first. It got to the point where I was saying the word sorry at least a hundred times a day. Wow. Just anything. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, I didn't get the salt. Oh, sorry. Sorry, there's not a napkin. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I looked at you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for just me being here. (laughs) Sorry for crossing my legs. Okay. So, you slow, it's a slow process, as they call it in in dysfunctional situations. Mm -hmm. It's the frog in the pot. Mm -hmm. You start the, put the frog in the cold water. And slowly turn up the fire, and the frog will just get boiled to death. So that was the situation. And And when did you realize that you were being abused? I believe I realized it um, when I gave gave birth to the baby, the first baby. We weren't married. Uh, He came back from, he was touring, came back to Copenhagen where I gave birth mm-hmm. and um, three weeks later and he was very cozy and very sweet and I was like, oh, you know, here I am with a young girl with a baby and a husband. He'll marry me for sure as soon as the divorce is through. Mm-hmm. And uh, off he went on another tour. He had with him two assistants, one fellow who was quite a good friend to us, both, and then a, a, a girl young girl, new re- new recruit, and he returned from this tour of three weeks. We spoke on the phone every night. I got to jump in on the calls, and it was lovely, and I had stars in my eyes, etc. And he came back, and everybody was rather silent, etc., etc., etc. And then um, he was leaving for another one of these tours. Mm. But she had left Scientology at this point. Suddenly, I don't know why, And she showed up and came to my room and said, Oh, hi, how are you? I just wanted to make sure that you were okay, that I 
had been sleeping with the your husband the the whole tour actor oh, said wait a minute wait a minute uh, one it was one night an uh, accident you fellows were drinking too much right. something like right. that she goes oh no it was every night we just we just lived together so they were having an affair or well, well you, they were having something and that's why they <laughs> threw her out of the cult because it, there are rules she shouldn't have said this she, to you. she shouldn't have been with somebody else's mm-hmm. i mean especially somebody else's partner right especially when that partner just gave birth to that person's baby and people were keeping it hush hush because he had promised them i learned later that he was going to tell me ah and then he showed up and i was like hey what the hell's going on I, and i was just devastated yeah I was devastated. I mean, I was, what, 19, 20 years old, and you have this baby, your parents have basically thrown you out, and what do you do? And he gave me some false promise, you know, that, oh, no, I'm sorry, I was scared, and I didn't know if we were really together. He said that? (laughs) Yes. What? And I was like, oh, I understand, I understand, I understand, no problem, no problem. But... um, Mm. He continued yeah. with with other women, but I was so Irish Catholic that mm. uh, you know you have to stick with him, and yeah. he'll change eventually. He'll change, but he never did. May I just go back a little bit? When you joined the cult, what were you hoping to get? Um, my brother, uh, my younger brother, when I was nine, he was four. He got sick with uh, scarlet fever. Yes high fever and measles at the same time. And he became, he got um, brain damage, uh, hearing impairment and um, aphasia, which Mm -hmm. is uh, like for someone with a stroke. So he couldn't form sentences, full sentences anymore. And um, two of my older sisters told me it was my fault that that had happened to him Mm -hmm. because I had had uh, chicken pox at the time that he got Uh. measles. Okay, they're not exactly had, the same. No, it wasn't me. I, you know, but it was a big family, the old way of of getting children to become immune to a disease and yes. put them all together. And so that was just the way it was. I mean, it just happened. It mm-hmm. was just the circumstances. But I'd promised myself that I would find a cure mm-hmm. for my brother. So when um, my girlfriend, Norwegian girlfriend and I were on the streets of Munich selling jewelry mm-hmm. to get up to Norway. We, these two people came with big bright eyes and direct eye contact and lots of enthusiasm. And I was like, wow, this might be the answer. Yeah. I might be able to cure my brother with this uh, stuff. So interesting because there's so many betrayals, even just yes. by this point. Mm. Yes. There's already a lot. And... And I also feel like you were coming with a mission. I want to get something good for this situation. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of... It's multi-layered of this deception and betrayal. Yeah. You mentioned your husband was having... Seeing multiple women um, throughout the marriage. What else was going on? Was, was he, you know, physically or... Oh, directly abusive? Uh, yeah. Directly abusive. Eat. Um his favorite was telling me I was stupid. Mm-hmm. That was very important. And gaslighting. Gaslighting was a fantastic tool for him. So even to the point that I do recall one day 
Um, this was much later, but I'm sure he played that trick on me plenty of times. He would set the clock back an hour and then show up for dinner and say, where's my dinner? It's six o'clock. Ah, yes. And I would say, what? I'm just starting dinner. It's five o'clock. They go, what are you talking about? Mm. Don't you know how to read a clock? Mm. And then he, he'd point to the clock and he goes, you've turned the clock wrong. And it would be like, what? Mm. Absolute gaslight. Mm. If, you have, if you were to explain to people who are not familiar with this term, what is a gaslight? Gaslighting is uh, convincing you that what you see or experience isn't happening. Okay. Yes. So it comes from a film, an old film, right. uh, called Gas Gaslight, I believe, or Gaslighting. <laughs> and in any case, the the wife is, I think it's in Ingrid Bergman, uh, she, every night, the gaslights in the house start flickering. Right. And she's saying, oh, the lights are flickering. What's wrong? There must be something wrong. And the husband goes, no, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. But what's happening is that him fiddling around, he's searching for something in the house, some jewelry or money or something. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. And as he's searching around, the lights get disturbed. Mm. And he was like, you're crazy. And eventually he even he convinces her that she is mad. Right. So that's the intention. It's really to yes, make, to make the person believe crazy. you are crazy. Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. And there's a very good book called Gaslighting. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's now a very standard term and something that people should should know. Yeah, should know about when right. they're with somebody who, you, when you're with them and they go, no, that's not true. Mm. It's not. It's not summertime. It's winter. Can't you see? Mm. And you're just like, wait a minute. Then you've got to have backup. You've got to have mm. reliable friends. And you go, is it summer? And the person goes, yes, of course it's summer. Come on, let's go to the beach. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Then they go, hey, that person's right. Gaslighting me. Mm-hmm. And this and this continued through the whole of... All the time. Marriage. It's always all a matter of... I asked the fellow when we divorced, did you ever really love me? Mm-hmm. And he said, love you? I was obsessed with you. That's much bigger than love. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, if I only would have known that from the start, I guess maybe, I don't know. Obsessed to do what? To own me. Did he he actually say those words to own you or that's your... Well, that was my function. I was... It's that way with the narcissistic people. Mm -hmm. You're an extension. Mm -hmm. You're an object. You are a piece of his treasure trove. Mm-hmm. I I was a very useful uh, wife to have. You are one of the most resourceful person I know on this planet. So I can only imagine how resourceful you were for him. Yes, that's <laughs> I mean, right. Right. That's right. I could solve almost uh, any everything problem. and anything. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes. So he was basically wanting to control control you and yes. And once uh, once he knew that I. Had because once we got, I I found a way to get us out of the cult. I wanted to leave the cult, and then I got pregnant with him, and then I was like, oh no, I'll go home to my family, and that'll be all. Mm. I'll be done with this because I knew it wasn't working, and I knew there wasn't a solution to my brother's problem right. with that group of people. So 
it was after a couple of years and I was ready to go. And that's what happens to people who join cults. It's like an adventure. Mm-hmm. So um, I was ready to go home, but I was going from one dysfunctional situation to another, to another dysfunctional environment. And of course, then I didn't realize it. Yeah. And I went back in shame. Yeah. So I married him later in shame. Mm-hmm. And he knew it, and he used he that on me constantly. How was he with the children? Um, very manipulative. Okay. Um, very manipulative, okay. yes. Yes. Do you think he was doing this manipulation to everybody, or just... Um, oh, yeah. He's, okay. He's, okay. he's uh, from... My observations and what I've been given to read, etc., this fellow shows strong traits of, of, uh, of a psychopath mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and sociopath. And these people who became high-level uh, executives in cult yeah. were personally trained uh, to manipulate people and to become psycho, uh, uh, sociopathic, demonstrate sociopathic behavior. Mm-hmm. To, demonstrate, to, to control the person to the point of getting them to mortgage their home and give that money directly to the cult Whoa. or to yeah. sell their whole jewelry collection or their savings Session, just to, to give to the cult. Wow. That's, you've got to have some pretty good... Good program, yeah. Manipulation skills. Yes. Brainwashing of the highest yes. order. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes. to realize that you had to do something um, about this? I came to realize it when I had one of many nervous breakdowns, but these they got worse each time. Mm. And this particular breakdown, I I just couldn't I couldn't put myself into robot mode, what I called robot mode. And my children needed me to be alive. Mm-hmm. They needed a, a, a living, breathing human being, and I couldn't be that for them. And I saw how sad it made them. And so I'd try to cheer myself up and get myself going and, you know, do little things, reflexology or get a massage or, you know, you know think of fun games or whatever, but... I couldn't stay up because as soon as I would get up, he'd knock me down again. Mm. And he knocked me down usually with by raping me. That was the easiest way to do okay. it. Yeah. That's a pretty easy way to take care of a mm. woman like that. Wow, that was intense. Yeah. The worst part of rape in a marriage is that um, you realize that there is no love. And... Uh, the part of the rape that was so terrible was that he demanded sex a certain amount of time every week, three times a week, and on Saturdays or Sundays if he fell for it. Mm-hmm. And he'd never kiss my face. He'd never kiss my mouth mm-hmm. at the start of lovemaking. He'd mm-hmm. just go right in for the vagina, pump away, be done with it, and then go play golf, Or meaning he'd go see one of his girlfriends. Okay. You know, for the it was 
You just feel like an object. Yeah. Very transactional. Uh, not even transaction, not maybe. Very object. Object. <laughs> I think that's the word. Yes. 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 Yeah. Because transaction, you still get something, but in yeah. this case, yeah. it's very objectified. Yes. Yeah. And so I came to understand what rape was. Right. And then when the Me Too movement started, I was gone. I was finished with the. I divorced already, but the Me Too movement. It came on Facebook at that time. I was using Facebook, and somebody posted something saying, "If you've been sexually abused or raped or whatever, say Me Too." And I mm-hmm. was the first person on all my friends, and I just went Me, Me Too, too. Mm-hmm. Me Too, and that was the first time I I spoke out publicly mm-hmm. that I had been in a really bad place mm-hmm. and at the time when this happened how was your relationship with your family non-existence mm. what predators do is they always look for a victim who has no place to go Got it. It's like a lion hunting on a herd of water mm-hmm. or, or, or wildebeest. Yeah. You know, they look and they watch. Yeah. And they, they go, aha. And what he did was um, he pretty w- much controlled everything I did within the cult because there were cult rules and it was a, it's a very patriarchal. Mm-hmm. My experience of this cult was it was a very patriarchal environment. So you just kowtowed and lots of girls I knew were getting sexually used Mm -hmm. I won't say abused but used Mm -hmm. by the guys and it was okay Um, once we left the cult Mm -hmm. I thought okay he'll get better he'll start having ethical behavior he'll start being good and he tried. He tried for a year to, I did. to be good. Okay. And then one day he said to me, I can't be good anymore. And I said, what are you talking about? You don't be good for... Nobody's keeping score. Yeah. If you... You just be good because that's the way to live life. Yeah. I couldn't get it. Right. I could not get it that his moral compass was so, so different than mine. Yeah. Then it came to the point where um, uh, we moved in together and we moved down for a couple of years. I kept the children and myself up in Sweden and um, we had difficulties. We were quite poor and uh, I got work teaching English as a second language. And then I found somebody who had been in Scientology also at the higher up who was starting a business, and I put him and my ex-husband together. Fantastic, but then they wanted me to be in the job. Oh. And I was like, no, 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 it's not mine, it's mm-hmm. all yours, it's all yours. And I thought, okay, he, he'll be all right, but he just went back into that. He never got therapy. Mm-hmm. He never got deprogrammed, right. as it's called. Right, yeah. So. That's why it was too much to to do a change after yeah. he gave it a go for one year. Yeah. He's fighting himself, basically. Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So how did you then start to turn things around? Like, who did you... What happened? I, yeah. I had a, a woman in the village, and um, she was very nice. Uh, uh, 
she I went to her for reflexology mm-hmm. um, and um, one day she was giving me reflexology and I just burst into tears mm-hmm. and I said why am I crying I don't understand she goes oh that's mm-hmm. when you're getting reflexology sometimes that happens and what are you thinking about and then I just poured my heart out to her that you know we'd been through such poverty and hard times and the kids and I you know followed him from Sweden where we were had family we mm-hmm. had safety and love and I had good work mm-hmm. and to Holland where I had nothing and no- nobody and you know things were hard Tough, yeah. and he was sleeping around and mm-hmm. I was sad and I my daughter my middle daughter had just gotten diabetes and everything was really s- terrible yeah and um she she said, Annie, that's not the way a marriage should be. Mm-hmm. That's not the way marriage works. Mm-hmm. Are you sure you're happy? Maybe you should see somebody. And um, soon after that, I tried to kill myself. Mm. Um, and then uh, my doctor uh, advised me to go see somebody, a therapist, yeah. and then the, the road started. Okay. How did you manage this healing process while still in the household? You were still with him. Yes, yeah. I was sti- he still lived with us, but he lived more often with his girlfriend. Okay, okay. And, um, or girlfriends. Yes. And then he got a flat, mm-hmm. very nice flat, down by the seaside. Of course, that became his bachelor pad, as I called it. But um, I also moved out of the house for a while. Because he said, oh, you want to do art? Well, then go do it. You know, mm. Find a place and go do it. And then I did my bachelor's degree. Right. I got my bachelor's degree, so I was really happy. It was a wonderful academy, a lovely, lovely academy. And I got my bachelor's. And magically, people wanted to buy my art. Mm-hmm. And people wanted to learn how to make art from me. And I was like, wow, what? Mm. And there's a very good lesson there because at one point you start realizing who you really are mm-hmm. that you not that facade that you've been wearing to make somebody happy mm-hmm. was it a daunting process to do it yeah for god's sake. could you say a bit more about the journey what happens is that you start f- falling apart slowly right mm-hmm. little things at a time And then you start embarrassing yourself. You start saying the wrong thing at a dinner party. Mm. Or, uh, you know, you make a joke and nobody thinks it's funny. They don't, didn't get it. And, and you, you don't even get it. Right. And you go, why did I do that? Mm. Um, I got to the point where if we had guests over for dinner, then they'd leave and my children go to bed and then... He'd sit me down and tell me all the things I did wrong. Oh, okay. And he got really good at that. And before the party, I'd get briefed mm-hmm. on who I'm supposed to be nice to, what he wants from that person. Because there's the only reason to get other people around you is to get something. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, yeah, it was pretty daunting. Not living for yourself. You're not yeah. living for yourself. Yeah. I just wanted to meet people just to be happy, just to see them. Yes. And just to talk to them and 
you know, experience. This is another person's life. Yes. Mm. Um, yes. But that was not possible. No. So I that. never had friends. Mm-hmm. Not long. Mm-hmm. If I had friends, he'd hit on them. Okay. Either, I don't know if he had sex with them or not, but he would hit on them. Mm-hmm. And then they'd disappear. Mm-hmm. Or he'd hit on their husband's business or be something to do with getting money. Mm-hmm. Did you ever blame yourself for the... All the times, victims always blame themselves, Mm -hmm. always. It's just part of the package, and that's why an abuser can keep abusing you and Mm -hmm. keep hurting you, and then you start hurting yourself. Mm -hmm. I was uh, anorexic, I was bulimic, I was overweight for a while. Mm -hmm. I'd just go from one to the other to the other, Mm -hmm. just around in circles. Mm I'm just thinking how strong you are. Absolutely. Really. Yeah, that's what the therapist told me when I started therapy. He said, how interesting. You had a nervous breakdown instead of committing suicide. Right. Mm. That's a strong psyche. Yeah. So for any woman out there who's Mm. had a nervous breakdown, that's an incredibly good sign. Mm. Even though if they didn't feel like it. (laughs) Exactly. What? Oh, that wasn't fun. Yeah. Yes, but you got a gold medal for it. <laughs> Trust was very difficult up to that time of your life, Annie, because we've been betrayed many times by many parties. So how did you learn to comprehend who you could trust? And get help from, maybe. I think I learned that from my children. Mm -hmm. Because my children loved me. Yes. They still love me. I love them to... I love them to bits. Mm -hmm. And they were just so honest. Mm -hmm. And... Even when I'd mess up, and you do mess up, when you're in a very emotionally and mentally unstable space with no help, and you have to hide it, Mm -hmm. you have to pretend it's Mm -hmm. not happening, those kids would still pick me a flower and tell me they love me. Mm -hmm. And then I knew that I've got to get up Mm -hmm. and get out there and find good people. And so I started to look, because you can trust anybody and you get hurt. Mm -hmm. But if you really force yourself to trust yourself Mm -hmm. to get up and no matter how long it takes, get out there and do something about this, then you start to attract people who you can trust. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. They come to you. What I'm I'm hearing is... It's, it's almost like I choosing to trust myself that I can get better and then I'm opening up myself to help. And I know that because my children express their love for me. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Right. Yeah. This is why children and mother's bond is like, like nothing else. Because they give I think that's you a lot of true if it's, if it's a mother who loves her children. Yeah. Mm. But sometimes the mother doesn't love the children. Right, yeah. yeah. 
um, but it can be, so we could say, with a parent or a caregiver to children. So that can be also with a, a father. Mm-hmm. A father can be an incredibly stable and loving person, and there's a lot of single dads out there. Mm-hmm. Yes. I had to learn a lot about men after this happened. Right, yes. Mm-hmm. That all men are not... Like this. Bad. Mm-hmm. Or hurt, or hurtful. Yeah, yeah. And that these people who are hurtful, they've had... They've had a rough ride themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's why dysfunction, a dysfunctional situation, it's both people. And if you're in a dysfunctional relationship, if it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a marriage or a family, but that relationship isn't working, it's the chemistry between those two people. And you've just got to get out of it mm-hmm. for the sake of both of you and for the sake of the people who are surrounding mm-hmm. you, because it affects everyone. It's like a stone in a pond. It just ripples out. Yeah. What about those people? And obviously, there are you know there are lots of people in dysfunctional relationships or marriages who are too afraid or too you know sort of just cowed down to to do or to take that step. Or you know, what would your advice be or do you have any sort of words of wisdom I suppose you know for for people who are going through such a situation I think first off the person has to look in the mirror and decide is in five years time is this where I want to be Hmm. and if they say I don't mind it's okay I don't care it's it's what I basically wanted out of my life anyway. It'll be okay. Um, the grandchildren will come or my daughter will graduate or whatever. If that's the case, then stay, it, stay where you are. There's nothing, you know, you'll only regret later change. Yeah. Yes. But if you look in that mirror and you go, where do I want to be in five years' time? And it's not here. Mm-hmm. And it's not with this person. And I can't get any. I can't be my true self with this person. Mm-hmm. Then, you have got to think: Who do I trust to talk to? Maybe it's maybe it's just your family doctor. Mm-hmm. A doctor cannot tell your husband about mm-hmm. the situation, or maybe just to make an appointment with a therapist. Mm-hmm. One appointment, mm-hmm. you can lay the cards on the table, and the person can say. Okay, what I'd advise you to do is this mm-hmm. and this. Mm-hmm. And if that person is raping you, if that person is belittling you verbally, if that person is throwing things at you, criticizing what you're doing, um, hitting you, strangling you, k- kicking you, if that person is blocking bank accounts and giving you only a pittance to live on, that person's not being a good person for you. That's not the way it should be done. Mm-hmm. There are rules mm-hmm. to relationships, mm-hmm. and it's called respect, mm-hmm. and that's not respectful. And when you're being abused, you lose respect for yourself, and you give away more and more and more. Oh, it's okay. I mean, I, well, what the heck? I wasn't allowed to open any letters that were addressed to him 
or letters that were addressed to the both of us. But he was allowed to open anything addressed to me. Wow. wow. Okay. Yes, it was that stupid. And I must say stupid. <laughs> I mean, I got really stupid. And one day I opened a letter addressed to both of us. Mm -hmm. And my hands were shaking. I was so scared that he would suddenly drive up in his car and come in and slap my head or something. Mm -hmm. I opened it. It was a Christmas card. Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah. I took it out of the card. I tore up the envelope. I noted the address. I wrote a thank you note. I put the card out on the table. He didn't even notice it. Mm. And then I went, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> little, a little, <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Yes. But just tiny steps, I started realizing things. Mm -hmm. mm. <sighs> and after that, I opened all the mail. Yes, in and, front of him, and it's fine. Um, he got angry. Right. But when I realized if I open a letter, I'm not going to get mm. the punishment that he threatened me with. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get threatened. I'm not going to get hurt. It's it's that awareness in yourself, isn't it? Yes. That sort of saying, oh, actually, it's not as bad as... It, it might be bad, but it's maybe not as bad as I think it's going to be. Or, exactly. Yeah. That's it. And that, that, that self-awareness in your brain that goes, yes. I can do that. Yes, and know? that gives you the confidence. Yeah. So after that, I opened all the letters. Mm -hmm. yes. You know, I kept... If it was for him, I put the letter in the envelope and I'd just say oh you got a letter from so and so mm -hmm. but I wouldn't read his mm -hmm. letters I wasn't interested in his letters mm -hmm. but it was just he did nothing then mm -hmm. once I took that much power back, power yeah. back yeah. it was like hey because yeah. that was that was his means to control you right exactly that don't open any of the mail I can open all of it but yes yeah. yeah it was just a game mm -hmm. yeah on his on his part. So then it was like, oh, just, I don't know, moving the furniture around. Mm -hmm. You can't move that chair. That's my chair. The children, it was amazing. He had a special chair with a footstool, and nobody was allowed to sit in that chair except him. Okay. And, of course, the kids, being kids, would just pile into the chair, all three of them, mm -hmm. and watch TV. Mm -hmm. And then they'd his car would pull up and they'd go, Dad's here! And they'd run upstairs. It was just like a routine. Mm -hmm. Until one point, uh, my middle daughter and a couple of friends were at the house. I wasn't there. I was at the academy. And uh, everyone else, my son and uh, elder sister were out. And he came in and she was in that chair. And he said, get out of that chair. And she said, no, make me. And he grabbed her by the hair and pulled her out of the chair. Now, me, I was still so codependent and so ridiculous that when I came home and she told me about it, mm. I didn't call the police. Mm. I should have called the police. Mm. I should have called the police and had a photo taken and had that guy arrested for child abuse. abuse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was blatant. Yeah. But, but it, that's easy to see now with hindsight. Yes, now yes. I see it, yeah. Yeah. and but now I do it. That situation, when you're in that situation, in fear, you're just yeah. like... What? No, yeah. that couldn't have happened. Yeah. No, 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 I can't believe that happened. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. No, 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 don't, don't tell me that. Yeah. Don't tell me that. Yeah. If I had a good day, I don't want to get upset. You know, yeah. And you just like, what? Mm. I should have been there to back her up. Yeah. yeah. And those kind of things. You just don't stay around with a bad person.
stop blaming yourself, Ani? I think I stopped blaming myself once I could function in society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe about five years ago, five mm-hmm. to seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it took it's, still oh, a long time. it stays a long time in your head. Mm-hmm. It stays in your subconscious. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of subconscious men- messages. Yeah when you have an abuser, when you have a, a predator in your life. I would wake up at night screaming because I'd see his face and his business partner's face coming towards me, just laughing, like, you know, mm-hmm. these floating heads, heads in these yeah. crazy Alfred Hitchcock movies. Yes, yes. And I'd just think they were coming to rape me. And I'd just scream. And mm-hmm. it would be very difficult. Mm-hmm. To go on, uh, you know, like with a group on a ski trip and scream in the bunk bed yeah. and then everybody in the room going, what, what happened? happened? What happened? Oh, it's yeah. like, oh, shit, I can't yeah. be with a group yet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And when did you realize that you were actually, you know, making progress towards thriving rather than just surviving? I think I realized I was making progress was the first when a woman came to me And she said, Annie, I heard that you know what it's like to be in a dysfunctional marriage. Mm -hmm. Can I talk to you? Mm -hmm. And I said, sure. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've done intensive psychotherapy workshops, Mm -hmm. retreats, whatever. So I was well healed and full of patterns on how to bring myself you know, straighten myself out if I should falter. And um, she spoke to me about it, and I could step outside and be empathetic with distance, mm-hmm. as, as the expression is. And I could comfort her and say, these are the things you can do, and that will move you along, mm-hmm. but you've got to do the work. And mm-hmm. she was grateful, and she got started, and... She's she's a happy person these days. Yeah. What would you have liked to have heard as encouragement or advice to empower your to empower you to walk away from the abuser and also to keep on going in the healing process because it takes time and work. Yeah, it takes time and yeah. work. Yeah. It's taken Yeah, oh, more than a decade, mm-hmm. I mean, almost two decades. So um, uh, that song from Annie, oh. Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow. Yes. Bet your bottom dollar on tomorrow, come what may. Because it's true, tomorrow is another day. Mm-hmm. It's going to be all right. It's, mm-hmm. Each day is a surprise. Mm-hmm. Each day is magical. All you have to do is lift your head. Mm-hmm. Lift your head. Mm-hmm. And in the healing journey, do you also experience three steps forward, one step back? Okay, yes. In the beginning, you do one step forward, four steps back, Mm -hmm. then one step forward and fall down. Mm -hmm. And then you you hide a lot. Mm -hmm. You hide. So it's very important to have people who 
get you to come out of okay. the house, mm -hmm. even if it's just to go to the edge of your garden. Because the, the less you're alone with your thoughts, and then the more you can learn to trust and reach, reach further. And as you progress deeper and deeper, the proportion changed. Sure, but at one point you just... You, you don't go back. You don't all. count your steps anymore. No, exactly. It's, it's like, that's not... I don't need to count my no. steps. So, give yourself time. There is no timeline, fixed timeline. You just need to give time and effort as long as it's needed. Because at one point, you're just going to move forward and don't think about the steps. That's right. Yes, and that's where you are today. Yeah, you don't even have to move forward. You can just sit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's okay too yes yeah. yes yeah. definitely yeah. if you feel like your life how it is is yeah. perfect of course if you still have goals and ambition then you can go forward but yeah. otherwise you enjoy what you where you are yeah but even for somebody just sitting or being where you are is progress so any what activities would you advise from your own recovery uh, for people who are trying to find their way out of an abusive situation? Anything that involves other people, mm -hmm. um, nature, and animals, mm. these three areas, because you're having contact with something bigger than yourself, mm -hmm. so to speak. And I mean by other people, activities such as... Um, go to a yoga center, go to a swim group, mm -hmm. learn an activity with people, mm -hmm. go to art classes, go to ceramic classes, uh, some singing in a choir helps, Voice, the voice, using mm -hmm. the voice helps very much, uh, learning to tap dance. It's just to give yourself a little something with other people where other people get the opportunity to encourage you mm. and you get the, the opportunity to encourage someone else. Mm. And somehow you start then getting a different kind of an exchange mm -hmm. going than you've had with this yeah. abuser mm -hmm. yeah. of being the victim and always being told you can't or you're no good or whatever. And you tell somebody, wow, you did a perfect turn. And they go, well, thank you. Mm. And you, you've just empowered somebody. Mm -hmm. And then they tell you, your backflip was amazing. Mm. And you just say, thanks, that's great. And there you start trusting human beings have mm -hmm. a better side to them. Mm -hmm. It's just that, that connection, right? Yes, absolutely. That you, you realize you're not alone and that you have a different experience to what you've had up to now or yes. up to now. Yeah. That's right. You're not alone and you're actually doing something good for others. Yeah. Because yes. at home yeah. you were told you're wrong Absolutely. all the time. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. yes, one thing interesting also that was um, a changing point for me mm -hmm. was in the cult we were taught there is no God. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was raised that there is a God yes. in the Catholic Church and I loved it. Yeah. I loved prayers, I loved the rituals. I loved being good, all these things. And then I went to a cult, and there were rules, yes, and there was punishment, and 
There were pats on the back if you followed the rules of the cult. It wasn't exactly the same rules as the rest of society. Mm-hmm. When we got out of the cult, uh, in the cult you weren't allowed to see movies and read books or anything that would be contradictory to the cult's philosophy. So outside the cult, when we moved out, we got a VHS player, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. those big sets, <laughs> old video, like old video yeah. yes. we, we uh, hired, uh, went, there were shops yes. where you could buy. Rental, video rentals. Yes, rental yes. shops. <laughs> and so the one I got was The Mission. Mm. It was called The Mission, and it's, uh, uh, I, I think it's Robert De Niro. De Niro? I think so. I, and, they have really good music in there. Yes, and this yeah. mu- haunting music yes. from uh, the fellow Morricone. Yes. Yes. It was the story of Jesuit priests who went into the Amazon to protect the Indians from the the people, you know, the people who wanted slaves and mm-hmm. minor, they wanted the money and it was corruption in the church and all these things. But these priests... I, it reminded me of all the good things mm. of loving the spiritual world and having a God mm-hmm. and having the moral rule. Mm-hmm. And I w- sat down and I was watched the movie with the ex-husband, and he was like, "Ah, oh, this is just a piece of shit." <laughs> and he went to bed, mm-hmm. and I just watched it three times over. Mm-hmm. And the music is amazing. amazing yes. It just haunts you. Yeah, There's yeah. beautiful music. But the story of good and evil, and it reminded me, I have a soul. Mm. I have a soul. I'm going to start using my, my soul power. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come back. I'm going to be good. Mm-hmm. It's good to be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Yes. Revelation. That was a revelation. Right. It's interesting, isn't it, with Scientology, how they try and strip that off you to any call basically isolate you so that you are even for yourself, from yourself, from your soul. Yes, yeah. that's it. But that, yeah. that's the as as I said, that was my personal yes. experience. Yeah. Maybe other people yeah. have a different yeah. type, but that was my hmm. experience within that cult. cult. Yeah. And there's lots of cults in the world. Yes, yeah. yes. A family can become a cult. And that yes. was also a very sad thing, mm-hmm. was I got us out of the cult. It was a hard thing to do. Normally, if a, a in a family, one the husband or the wife wants to leave, then they keep the children in the cult mm-hmm. with the other person who wanted, who still believes in the cult. Mm-hmm. I t- couldn't leave my children behind. Right. So I let him come with me, mm-hmm. but I thought he'd change. But mm-hmm. he stayed. To this day, he still mm-hmm. runs his life. Is everything he does is still based on mm-hmm. the brainwashing he received on the same existing programs. Exactly. Yeah, and it's programming. Yeah. Sadly, I did two and a half years of deprogramming. It's called. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time. Lots of people were coming out of different cults, mm-hmm. and therapists are wonderful people in helping you just finally clean out the closets. Mm-hmm. But you have to do so much work, yeah. And but once it's gone, it's gone, yeah. But then it's all about 
regaining trust and not you regaining trust in other people. It's other people regaining trust in you mm-hmm. because you used to be one of those called robots yes, yourself. Yes, yes, yes. 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 So I've been doing in the last uh, five, seven years since uh, recovery, mm-hmm. and I've been back and forth to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever there's a question, I'll just give a, a friend who's mm-hmm. a therapist, you know, a ring and say, hey, what do you think? And so and so. So the healing process remains. And if you think you're healed, forget it. A human being always there's another layer improve yes Yes, you can always work on yourself had you started your therapy or when you actually physically then i guess divorced or separated i started therapy and in the beginning he believed that the therapy would help me stay in the marriage Ah. And so he was very supportive of the, right. the, the therapy. Also, people were watching. Right. I had a very, I mean, I tried to end my life three times, and I was a mess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was absolutely crazy, and my kids were so embarrassed by it. Mm-hmm. It was horrid, and I've apologized to them, but, geez, man... And the the positive side of that is that if anybody's ever embarrassed about anything in their lives, I go, no, I've done the worst. <laughs> I have been the most embarrassing person to anyone. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Let it pass. Mm-hmm. And there's a silver lining, mm-hmm. is that you can say, no, that's nothing. <laughs> the person can be relieved and go, all right, I can continue. Can you, yeah, can move continue. on with life. the dots from your childhood with those life experiences and today? I would connect the dots by saying um, there were good things in my childhood. I learned ethical uh, rules of behavior and I learned to read and I learned to study and to be curious about life. But also from abuse and neglect as a child in a large family with alcoholic parents, there was the atmosphere of just grin and bear it, so to speak, that if you just hold still, it will pass. Mm -hmm. And that caused me to just hold still within an unhealthy uh, work environment, home environment and not leave until I was the point of suicide and nervous breakdown. As a result, I think that's what caused me to stay so long within that cult and within a very unhealthy relationship, an unhealthy marriage. But once I, because I was taught to read and to be curious and to search for answers, and to have a moral code, I was given guidance, and I'm so grateful for 
good therapists mm -hmm. who gave me homework and books to read and helped me find my way. And also good teachers, yoga teachers and uh, spiritual teachers who came and I went to lectures or so. Mm -hmm. uh, Jane Goodall was amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, these Gloria Steinem reading yeah. her book about her childhood, which had also been a very dysfunctional childhood, which led her to many things too. But these, all these people finding a way out of the labyrinth of pain. Yeah, yeah. And my art was there when I was a child. My art was there when I was a teenager. And my art resurfaced within that marriage in the darkest time. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I remember so well uh, um, when I gave birth to my final child, I was in hospital and I had, I have no understanding why, I had taken a sketchbook with me and some crayons in my overnight bag. Mm -hmm. And one night I woke up and I just started drawing trees and landscape and under the light and a quiet night light and tears were just pouring down my mm. my face and it was my freedom i was finding my freedom again my soul again yeah yeah so there's a quote by um by einstein and this is for anybody who who doubts themselves everybody is a genius but If you judge a fish by how it can climb a tree, it will live its whole life thinking it is stupid. Let a fish swim. Let the birds fly. Let the bears climb the trees. And praise all of you. <laughs> how would you describe your life now? I, my life is uh, an incredible surprise. Mm -hmm. Amazing, amazing I I can't believe my luck. I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky and and through all that I learned I'm able believe it or not I'm able to help my brother. Mm, yes. The the circle completes. The circle completes. Yes. I've I was I was visiting him irregularly for all the years. Yes. And when I was married to this fellow, um, I wasn't allowed to go back often because he knew my family didn't like him and that wasn't okay. So there were reasons why I had you know he'd disappear. Yeah. So I'd have to stay wherever, with the kids. Mm -hmm. But a, a few times I did get to go over. But the family wouldn't let me get too close to him because they weren't caring for him perfectly. They were afraid of him. Mm -hmm. And last summer I went and spent time with him after having worked with uh, Foundations for Children, mm -hmm. which is an organization for children with special needs, teaching art to autistic children, teaching for um, all special kids, which is also a Geneva-based uh, uh, organization for children with special needs. My grandson, my eldest grandson, when he was much younger, he had 
difficulties, some mental uh, issues to deal with. And my daughter was very hands-on in that, and I got quite educated. And that had led me to becoming an art teacher uh, with these children. And when I went to visit last summer to my brother, I could read him. I could understand him. I knew what I needed to do to help him. Mm -hmm. And by the time I left, we were just two peas in the pod. He described to me events in his life. He normally would never let anyone touch him. I got to hug him. He Beautiful. burst into tears when I told him I had to leave. Mm -hmm. He never showed emotions before. He showed me karate moves. <laughs> he showed me things he'd built and mm -hmm. made, and he's waiting for me to come back right? this summer yes. to spend more time with him, and I'm going to teach him how to carve animals from wood. And maybe a few painting them. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> if you'll let me. <laughs> if you'll let me. So the circle is complete, and that you wonderful ladies have come to me on this particular day. Shh. Magic. From this moment forward, I'm on the next level. Yes. Of the Nintendo game. All <laughs> <laughs> life, right? Yeah, all life. Exactly. Thank you. I'm so grateful. Our pleasure. I'm, for one, very grateful. I get the spillover effect of this because... Annie is my art teacher, able to hold so much to help me to connect with the inner artist. That's another level of creation, Annie. A place where I didn't think I would ever, I had actually. Because of what I do, I'm being there for people, you're being there for me. Thank you. I know I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the spillover. You're I'm welcome. so touched. You're Thank you welcome. so much. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. But then I've got a big thanks to Julie as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because we consider Julie the queen. But she just has a way of finding where how to put people together. together. Yes. It's yeah. amazing. I just think of you and I think, wow. Well, it's been my pleasure to connect <laughs> the two of you. It's, mm -hmm. Yeah. You brought so much into our lives, Annie. So yes. Thank you. I just want to say one thing. Like I mentioned, if you're, if you're suffering and you're in a relationship that doesn't work, you're not a failure if you say this isn't working. There is a relationship out there that will work. First, take care of yourself. Just like they show on the airplanes. First, you put the oxygen mask on yourself and then you do it for the person next to you if they need your help. Mahatma Gandhi said something, because when you're a victim and the person's brutal towards you, you think that there's no way that you can overpower that evil you could consider evil. Mahatma Gandhi himself said, when I despair, I remember that all through history, the way of truth and love have always won. There may be tyrants, but in the end, they always fail. Always. Don't be afraid. 
thank you, Annie. So on that note, I hope these conversations touch your heart in ways that is surprising and magical. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Bye.